What is this? For the masses. Welcome to the For the Masses podcast. My name is John Barrett, your host. I just finished an amazing episode with my good friend Lucy, and she's just a phenomenal spirit, a spirit that's been through a lot, but she's always just so happy and grateful to be here. But before we get into the interview, follow us on Instagram at For the Masses Podcast, Facebook at For the Masses Podcast, and YouTube at JB the Masses Podcast. Let's jump straight into the interview for the Masses Podcast. Lucy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Tell everyone your name. Lucy Ritzo. We went to Jesuit together. Where are you from? From Philadelphia. You're from Philly? Yeah. Yeah, but we uh, live in Baltimore now. That explains a lot. Yeah. Why you're, so, why you're so mean <laughs> and abrupt. No, I'm just kidding. No one from Philly, like, she's not mean, I promise. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Dr. Voorhees and I got that Philly accent. Uh, Dr. Voorhees. I miss her. Yes. I have a story about her, but I can't tell you. Okay. I'll tell you later, but All I right. like her a lot. But you have to send her this podcast, okay? All right. All right, Mr. I her. Just so, saw her recently. Lucy. You saw her? Yeah. Well, where did you see her at? Just in wheeling. I like Dr. Boy. She was very um, great literature extravagant. Yes. You know, but I'm sitting here. Lucy's in person. She has a cast. Yes. I'm a broken, broken thumb in self-defense class. I take Krav Maga. It's, it's barely self-defense. Man, they're going to hear everything. <laughs> Sorry, we edited this out. But, so you're taking self-defense class with a castle. I am, yeah. So I actually broke it in class. Uh, my partner was doing a front kick to the groin, and I was holding the pad for him, and he kicked it up and hyperextended my thumb. And uh, yeah, it's actually, it's the the first finger I've broken, but in college, I broke a lot of feet bones. Everybody knew me as boots or on crutches or, you know, so it's definitely, you know, I guess college was the feet and med school is now. The hands, <laughs> man. So for everyone listening, Lucy is a very petite woman high strong and very motivated as, as you can see or as you can hear a story from self-defense class but lucy you've been through a lot yeah so you're from philly yes. all right where'd you grow up you grew up in philly or you grew up in baltimore grew up in philly yeah in horse farm country um are you amish i'm not amish <laughs> okay. no but uh yeah in horse farm country I uh, went to an all-girls Catholic high school, was actually homeschooled in uh, all-girls grade school. My mom was our teacher with my three sisters and I. Um, we really had a lot of fun. Learned a lot. We were always multiple grades ahead. We did lots of science experiments. That's why you're so smart. Stuff like that. Oh, I don't know if I am. My that's sisters what, are. That's why you're so smart. Hold on. So you're not Amish, though? I'm not. No. All right. No. So grade school was what, like up to sixth grade? Up to eighth grade. And then high school was nine through 12. And then went to Jesuit. And then now I'm in medical school. What kind of what kind of high school you went to? All girls Catholic. So it, it was uh, Villa Joseph Murray in Bucks Man. County, Pennsylvania. That's so crazy. Yeah. Huh, how was that? It was a great school. I had fabulous teachers, Miss uh, Laurie McBrin, Mrs. Tyberski, just wonderful, wonderful people that I learned a lot from that made me into the woman I am today. Hold on. So there was no guys. There were no guys. Just some teachers. Some Man. male teachers. It was great. I respect you. <laughs> Thank you. I yeah. loved it. Then you matriculated and you ended up going to a Jesuit college. Why? Yes. Why do you choose a Jesuit school? Though? I actually wanted to go to a Jesuit school because I had learned about Jesuits from my older sister. She went to University of Scranton. And I knew that I wanted Jesuit because it's men and women for others. And actually, since being a little kid, I always wrote cross JMJ, AMDG at the top of my pages. Um, the Admeorium Dei Glorium for the greater glory of God. It's on my ring, my cross ring and everything. And I actually looked at all of the, uh, the Jesuit colleges 
And uh, I knew that I wanted them because I'm really good at science. I knew I wanted to be a doctor, go to med school. And also they're liberal arts and they care about that. So I have a double minor in theology and literature. Not that it's helping me towards my medical career, but just because I love it. I love it so much. I love learning. I was in the Laut Honors College, the Ignatian Honors College, and it was just fabulous. I love learning for the sake of learning. Of all the smart people. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And, you know, and I just interviewed uh, Manny Davin, and she was very similar to you. She's great. Like someone in pursuit of a Jesuit education. Yes. As opposed to, like, you know, people, many people like me blessed to, you know, stumble on Jesuit ideology, St. Ignatius ideology, and, you know, end up loving it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually helped recruit Maddie because I worked in admissions. Oh, were you, you recruited Maddie? I did. I did. Yep. <laughs> That's so crazy. And um, two amazing individuals. Oh, thank you. And you, so your undergraduate was in theology. Biology. And then I had two minors in theology and literature. So, yeah, bio pre-med. So you're a nerd. And I'm, <laughs> yes, and 100%. I'm cool. And I'm cool. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm, I'm kind of nerdy, too, but just not like the smart nerdy, I guess. You're smart. You're smart. Yeah. But, you're yeah, nerdy, nerdy with, like, doing, you know, starfish dissections on the kitchen table as a family. Oh, you know, doing God. blood typing at Thanksgiving, stuff like that. What do your parents do? They're both electrical engineers, so no medicine, stuff like that. My dad built satellites. He works with NASA, and uh, my mom actually worked on the lasers that he is now putting on the satellites and putting in the space. So that's really a cool. dream couple, right? They're so cute. <laughs> I haven't met your parents, but you all made me. It was okay, cool. Oh, they're great. They're great people. Yeah, that's awesome. So end up going to a Jesuit school, yep. end up graduating, matriculating, and then now you're deciding to go to med school. Yes. Why put yourself through that torture? Right. <laughs> Sometimes I ask myself that every day. Med school has been a dream since I was a little kid. I always knew that it's my vocation to be a doctor and help others. I actually want to be a surgeon. Hopefully my hand will heal up and I can get there. <laughs> but I really, I just love science and medicine and helping others. And it sounds a little weird, but I love like blood and guts. So <laughs> if there's trauma and like open wounds and all that type of stuff, I I'm right there, right in the action, and I love I love fixing it. But I love you like scary it. movies? I don't. I I don't watch any horror movies. I knew you were gonna say that. Nope. Just because you don't like it, or like why? Uh, I don't see any enjoyment in horror, so I don't like amusement parks or scary movies. <laughs> okay, I don't like amusement parks either. Yeah, that's a secret. All right, don't tell you because I'll go just because like. I'm a jack guy. All right. Gotcha. So for my ego. All right. But I'm terrified as the ride goes up to that point. <laughs> right, right. Stops. There's no enjoyment. You're right. But don't tell me. All right. I won't. All right. But no, that's that's awesome. So we just talked about your story, right? And we just got to the part where you're in med school, which is right now. Yeah. But in between all of that, there's been a lot that transpired. I actually met you and you had double boots on your feet. That's right. And I was like, how does a person have double boots? <laughs> So, yeah, so two walking casts. How did you get into two walking casts? So it was actually kind of nerdy. In freshman year, in two weeks into school, we both lived in Cardinal Commons at the bottom of the hill, and those stairs were bigger than my stride. And as a freshman bio major, I carried my textbooks to class in my Nerd. backpack. <laughs> in college, everyone. Because <laughs> I read my textbooks and uh, loved them. I actually took them on trips, slept on them as pillows, like, loved my books. Oh, my God. <laughs> And I, anyway, I carried them up and down and fractured my one foot, and then two weeks later, the other foot. So, you know, ice in West Virginia, mountains. You don't drink milk? I'm allergic to dairy. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. So, like, so you got, you got, you were in double boots, but, like, what, what, like, what conditions, like, led you to the point where, like, you, you would be able to, like, 
purchase up so easily? Yeah, so um, I actually have anorexia nervosa, which is uh, the deadliest eating disorder. It, it, it kills women at a huge, huge mortality rate, especially in the United States. Um, and it's not just, you know, average white women who you know went to an all-girls Catholic high school, even though that's, that's yeah. what I am. I am that demographic. But it, it affects a lot of people. And I was actually at that. It kills it by 10 years. And I was at that nine and a half year mark and I, while I was at Jesuit. So I, start, I started fainting a lot. I fainted my whole life, but um, I started fainting a lot. Ambulances would always be on campus for me in church, you know, at the graduation, whatever it was. You know, everyone would see an ambulance and be like, oh, yeah, we know that's Lucy. Yeah. And it just got so commonplace, but I was actively dying. And it's really, it's really kind of crazy to feel like your soul and your life is being sucked out of you because it is. I mean, I, I exercise too much and I don't need anything. So it's, it's a lifelong battle and it's not something you can ever get rid of. You can achieve a position of recovery as not as bad as you were, but it's something you're still going to have to battle for the rest of your life. I'm actually still really battling it right now. You know, it's still pretty bad. It's about body image and so many other things. But a lot of people just think it's all in your head. Yeah. It's not. It's physical. It affects all your body systems. And it really, really is deadly. Yeah. So, like, I I, had, I personally had no idea that you dealt with that. You yeah. know, I knew you for, like, like a while. A long time. Know? Yeah. And it, it's, so, it's so crazy because I guess everyone kind of, like, assumed it was, like, Lyme disease or, like, yeah. impacting yeah. your nervous system or something like that. But yeah, I don't think many people knew yeah. that was like the underlying root of like the fainting and things like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's not the cause of the fainting. I, I have a weird fainting disorder that no one can really solve. But uh, yeah, I did have Lyme disease, uh, but it's actually really cool because Lyme disease, uh, that's my research. So I have been working on Lyme disease as research at Johns Hopkins for, I don't know, seven, eight years, something like that. And then I actually brought that research to Jesuit. Yeah. And I built a whole lab. I wrote grants and I built a whole lab. And then I actually, after I graduated, I mentored some students in Lyme disease research. Um, did you really? I did. Chelsea Ward and uh, Lindsay Scheffel. Oh, were, I love them. Yeah, yeah, Those absolutely. My, my love bugs. They're, they're great. So I mentored them in Lyme disease projects and then continued the work, you know, bringing it to Jesuit. So yeah. it's it's really I love research I love bench work but I also love the medicine so I can't can't not be with patients. Yeah, I like how you like, like turned your adversity into something that you can build on and like help people like go from it too. You know that's amazing. And like for me, Lucy, I'll, I'll tell you this that like I I don't think I ever saw you like down or sad. I don't think ever. <laughs> yeah, that's something that's really really important to me is really being positive and cheerful all the time. Now there are, you know, it's okay to not be okay sometimes, but you know, I know you've probably heard Maddie and Kaylee and some other friends would say, oh, are you fine or are you Lucy fine? Yeah. Um, Lucy fine was like, you're dying, but I was fine. So it, you do have to have a delicate balance between saying you're okay and actually being able to get help. Um, like I've been, not delusional about it. Exactly, exactly. So, but still being cheerful. So I've really come a long way. I've done a ton of therapy. I've been in the hospital for the anorexia, you know, in the hospital for the fainting, other things, you know, all kinds of stuff. I've, I have a lot of health issues. And, you know, I try not to let it get me down. I try to always be positive, but then asking for help. I have a core group of friends, uh, best friends right now. It's uh, Christine Malik, Bernadette Tirador, Felicity Nolder, and Carly 
Carly Morrell. And uh, Amazing they're, group of they're the best. We have this group chat and... You have a group chat? We do. <laughs> we oh, have a group chat. Am I in it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ladies only. Uh, do I ever come up in it? Uh, sometimes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I didn't know you yes. guys had a group chat. Yep, yep. We got a group chat. And they are they are my rocks. And we are each other's rocks. So that's really, we we, de- we all have our struggles. We all have our different issues that we have to deal with. And uh, we know when we need to reach out to each other. And sometimes we're all having a bad week at the same time, but we give each other time. And we say, oh, do you have space to talk about this now? Or, hey, do you have a minute? So being there for each other and knowing that we're not each other's therapists. We each have our own issues and things that we deal with. So I have my therapist, they have their doctors, whatever they deal with. And, but we know that we can be there as friends. And that's really, really important to have a core group of friends. And it doesn't have to be four or five or whomever you have. We pray together. We read together, exercise. You know, we do everything together and we can talk about anything. So I'm very, very blessed to have those, those people in my life. That's amazing because like, okay, A, it's like, all right, you always keep a positive attitude, right? You turn your adversity into something positive and then you have accountability group of like, like-minded women who are like not only are your spiritual partners, but like, you know, your friends and like we can be vulnerable with. That's so important. That's so beautiful. It is. It is. You know? And I think, I think that goes to show like the, the community we are able to build at a Jesuit. I agree. Because um, I, I feel like I have those people too. That's you know? right. Yeah. Putty was on another podcast. Micah, one of my good best friends. You know, um, our buddy uh, Myron and uh, Ryan from, you know, the, the uh, church we used to volunteer at. Like all these like people who like I feel like are in my corner as well. As Buddy would say, you're board of directors. <laughs> that's great. You know, that's beautiful. Yeah. So, like, obviously, like, that every day is, like, rough, though. So how did that adversity, it took you a while to graduate undergrad, right? Yeah, so I had to actually leave undergrad. I was really, really, really sick with the anorexia, and I had to leave uh, on medical leave. And so I was went in the hospital for a long time, and then, then I came back and I graduated. And I still did it in four years. I was only out for... Most of the year, but yeah, then I came back in the still? fall. Yeah, yeah. I came back in the fall and finished in 2018 still. So, was it really? Yeah, yeah, it was four years. I don't believe I'm gonna have to check my records. <laughs> yep, so I graduated in December. Oh no, you just were like still working in the area. Yeah, I was still working okay. in the hospital, exactly, because then I went and became a scribe. But actually, some things have been pretty rough in med school as well, and I'm actually currently on, on medical leave for med school. So my health issues are something that has not ever gone away and will never go away. But uh, I have a wonderful service dog, uh, Zena. She is she is my rock. I love her so much. Panting uh, she, right now. I know she is. You can hear her. But she helps me get through every day, and I'm, I know I'm facing a lot of adversity in med school because of her. They... The people at med school, they're like, well, people, doctors don't just, they just don't have service dogs. We have the rules that say you, they can, but they just don't do it. So I'm facing more adversity in that. And it's just something that I, I love hiking mountains. I love climbing mountains, whether metaphorical or real. That's just something that is in my blood. And especially the West Virginia mountains, you know, going up, I love camping by myself. I just go out in the wilderness, me and Zena. Oh my god! And it's, it's great. It was great. Yeah. Nobody come after me. Who's listening? <laughs> Please. Please don't. Hey, if you ever see her on the street, don't let her. I carry knives and I take self-defense. So yeah. So you don't want to mess. Yeah. So, so Ruthie's <laughs> in med school and you know, medical leave right now. And you're in med school where? Guatemala? No, no. Grenada, St. George's University. Great med school. One of the best in the world. Very, very lucky. And they really care. They were the ones who kind of pushed me onto the medical leave and were like, take your time, get better, and then come back. So 
yeah, I'm leaving in a few days for Grenada, packing up my whole life into a couple suitcases and head into a new country. So what kind of doctor are you trying to be? Trying to be a surgeon. So I'm not sure what type. I know it could change. I could do radiology. You know, it's there's so many different areas and it changes with rotations. So, so keeping so, it open mind. So if you were trying to be a surgeon, how do you feel like that will it will be impacted by like the medical conditions and like pain? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the fainting is definitely an issue. Having a service dog is an issue because service dogs are allowed everywhere in the United States except for um, hospital ORs, ICUs, and restaurant kitchens. So, you know, it, it is an issue, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll just keep climbing the mountain and hope the view is great when we get there. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I get that. And, like, what are your professors, like, saying about it? Are they saying, like, you should pick a different discipline? They are, yeah. People are always trying to tell me that I should do something lesser something else that I should be would you want to do what you want to do exactly it's been my dream forever so that's how you are in general though I have to do what you want to do yeah yeah I'm I'm a very strong independent woman and uh, we have this saying in my high school uh, we're strong independent women who don't need no man and then I always add unless she wants one (laughs) so but I am I know that's grammatically incorrect I love grammar oh my gosh no it's fine it's fine but like so you're sitting here and you just finished a self-defense class with a cast on. Yes, third self-defense class of the day. And you, and you fainted. Yeah, I fainted in class. It was a little embarrassing, but <laughs> it was all right. I got up and, you know, came here. How long did it take you to recover? Uh, it usually takes me like an hour. An hour? And yeah. Then, and then you text me and was like, hey, I got an obligation. I got to come to JB to record <laughs> a podcast. That's important. Absolutely, absolutely. You're a woman of your world. You're a woman for others. Uh, I try. I really try. That's important to me, to live for others. That's I feel like that's my, my vocation on earth is to be a doctor, to heal and help others. So I really try to live for everyone what, else. What gives you that, that calling, like that commission? Um, I have a very strong faith life. My my religion is really important to me. I'm Roman Catholic, abide by the Jesuit and everything. And I, it's just really, really, really important to me to live like Christ did. And yeah. uh, as some of the saints did uh there's just so many people in my life that are wonderful examples my mom she is she just turned 90 this year she and my they're my mom's parents and they just had their 60th wedding anniversary like there's just so many people that are wonderful examples in my life that live for others my mom is super selfless Uh, she's she gave up her career she gave up everything to homeschool all of us and uh, i just i really emulate those people my older sister molly she's an md phd She's brilliant, amazing. So it's just, I really try to live for other people. And I I don't put a lot of value in myself. I'm very strong and independent, but I don't put tons and tons of value in and of my own gifts. I know they're from God. And if I can be a tiny flame of a candle reflecting the beautiful fire that is God and have others look at the flame and see, not me, but see God, then I'll accomplish my goal. How are you going to shine if you don't take care of yourself? Your wick is getting small. That's true. That is true. And it's definitely hard. It's definitely hard to take care of myself. And, you know, having Forget these other people. friends. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I don't, yeah, I but having them. this group of friends is really helpful. Um, accountability. I definitely have a lot of doctors and therapists, and I actually have two therapists currently. So lots of stuff. Yeah. So I got a question. Sure. So after everything you've been through, do you have issues like empathizing and sympathizing with other people who have issues for instance like say like obviously like you you think anorexia things like that right Mm -hmm. people who are like saying hey you know my mom 
you know, she can't pick me up from freshman year of school or something like that. Like, do you like look down like, like on them in the sense of like it's not that bad? Like, how do you how do you invest no, in the best? No, not at all. I feel like all of my struggles and advers- adversity has made me more empathetic and more compassionate towards other people. Um, I actually had this. I have a really, really close relationship with God, and in for seven years, it was not. It was it was dark. It was just nothing. Really? Yeah. It was it was really, really, really dark. And then I went on Kairos, and then it all came back on that Tell fourth everyone. day. Tell everyone what Kairos is. Oh, Kairos is amazing. It is a Jesuit retreat that is. Uh, it means God's time in Greek, and it is amazing. You meet all these wonderful people and you really set time aside to be with God and with others. And you learn about yourself and about your faith. Not, and you don't have to be Catholic. You don't have to be religious to go on it. Uh, tons of people at Jesuit went on it. And I, I wear my cross every day. It's off because of the class. But uh, let me let me let me like translate. Yeah. So basically, it's a it's a faith sharing group uh, where a whole bunch of people, no, no matter what your denomination is, come together. Um, and you just become vulnerable for four days. Um, you go you go into a secluded environment, in our case a farm, and you're with other people who are trying to find themselves or really like find their calling or where God's trying to lead them in. Um it's just like a, a beautiful time. It and, is. Um, and I think uh, everyone who's went to this this retreat uh have very similar experiences. I've I very rarely heard anyone who didn't like it, you know? And um lived forth. Always. Right? Yes. And um so like so you you had a hard time in your faith? I did not know that. I don't think anyone knew that. Was it. <laughs> uh just I really really dark where in the uh, sense of like you're trying to understand like where God's calling you, why me, not like that specifically, but more my it just was dry. It it was, you know, we have the Jesuit consolation and desolation where there's a lot of consolation is a lot of prayers, you really feel God with you and I felt that my whole life. And then there's the desolation where you just don't feel anything. You go to mass, you don't feel anything. Yet, you know, I was a I was a sacristan and the lector for daily mass every day at Jesuit, and you know, I still went to mass. I still sang. I was the choir director. It was really important for me, and I think the Catholic traditions and the rituals that we have helps you to stay on track even when you are dry. And uh, yeah, so I I've, I struggled in my faith. I Andy Starin, God bless him. He he's my spiritual director. He is wonderful wonderful he was a theology professor at jesuit and uh, he really helped guide me along the path and grow in my faith and learn and so the reason i bring all of this up is because in the beginning of my faith journey as a young girl and in high school i was looking very inward and i would be wow you know i have all beautiful prayers with god and god is very special to me and then he went dry and everything changed and i was like okay well i'm just going to throw myself into everyone else around me and i'm going to help others and i did that for seven years and have continued my whole life to do that and on that on that fourth day after kairos it was this most beautiful thing in the chapel it was after father hadi had mass and uh, i just I was like, wow, this is why I was supposed to have all of this desolation is because it turned me outwards to others. So I think in answer to your question, to go back to it, all of my adversity, all of my challenges, my health challenges, I think it's going to make me a better doctor and a better, just a better human because I can empathize. I was just going through something last night um, that was really, really rough. And I talked to Bernadette and Felicity, my best friends, and I was just, I, I said, my exes. <laughs> you're so funny um and they said you know lucy this is really helping you to 
know, be in a position that other people are in. And it's, it's, that's what I, I strive for to empathize and be compassionate. Yeah. And I definitely see that in you. Yeah. You know, I know you're that way. I know you generally care. I think um, all of us went to Kairos. I think what added to it was the fact that we were all there together and that we saw like everyone else's life. Yes. You know? And um, I feel like I met like some of my best friends when I went to Kairos. Like I was on a, in my small group was uh, Sabrina Soriano. You know, yeah. she's like one of my best friends to this day. That's awesome. You know, and um, and and in her, I really saw. I, obviously, like I saw the growth as she like matured and things like that. But uh, I saw a light that day. You know? Yes. And um, yeah, so that's beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And and talking about light, my name Lucy means light in Latin, Lux. So and Lucia Lux Vestra. So so yeah. uh, Lucy mentioned um, Lucia Lux Vestra, and she also mentioned AMDG. Pretty pretty common in Catholic faith, you'd say. Yes. And it's also our our university's alma mater tagline. Um, so let's see. So anyone else like going through something like dark right now? That's one thing you give them to keep going for. It's hard to think about other people when you're really really in a dark place, but helping others is just something that you throw yourself into. And knowing that the sun will rise the next day, you may not feel like you want to get up the next day, maybe you have depression and you get out of bed, maybe you have anxiety and you, you know, have to do all these million things or whatever, whatever your issue is, whatever the darkness that you're dealing with right now, you will get through it. And, you know, it, it's just something that it's going to make you stronger. Every challenge that you go through is a part of your story and is a part of your specific mosaic of a person that you are. And then you're a beautiful part of the body of Christ, um, the whole world. We're all part of the body of Christ. And it's it's just, sometimes it's hard to think about the other people and live for other people. But when you think about, okay, I have to do this next best thing. I'm going to do the next best thing. And maybe it's just getting out of bed and brushing your teeth. Maybe it's going down the, you know, bringing bread to your neighbor. Uh, whatever it is, just doing the next best thing is, is really a, a huge goal. And, you know, it could be the smallest thing. And you'll get there. You will really get there. And healing is not linear. Whatever you're healing from, <laughs> you'll go up, you'll go down, you'll feel like you're making progress, and you'll fall back down in that hole. No, absolutely. Peaks and valleys. Peaks and valleys. Always. And that was like, you no, know, that's noble. And, you know, Putty describes peaks and valleys as like, you know, you're in a valley and then you start calling out for God's help, right? Yeah. And then you go to the peak and then you're kind of like, stop doing things that got you to the, you know, to your end of the valley. Yeah. You know, absolutely. so it's a journey. It is. It's, it's a, a journey. journey. And um, we have I'm, friends on that journey. And we have friends on that journey and people who are, are there to help us, you know. And I think that's a beautiful part because uh, I feel like we're communal beings. You know? We are. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, Lucy, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. I've listened to your other episodes. It's great. Um, really enjoy it. That means the world to me. You do a lot for other people. You're you're definitely a man for others. You love others. You're going to make me cry. Aw. Everyone's going to make me cry. <laughs> well, thank you. But until next time, Lucy. Sounds good. Thanks for joining the podcast. Lucy's such a sweet soul. I'm super grateful we were able to sat down. And that was like my, one of my first in-person interviews. And she just was like super transparent about her journey. She was super transparent about the obstacles she's had up until this point in time and still having. But she's just so happy. And it brings joy to my life to see her just like doing what she wants to do despite all the obstacles. So I'm super grateful you all got to listen for the Master Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to my mother, Frida Bullock. She ran her race with elegance and pride. I love you forever and always.